Don't be a putz. What are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking what you about. Mean? There's a lot of you talking. Are you out of your mind? Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first, the inaugural episode, Two Putts Podcast. I'm here. I'm Jake Landry. And I'm Nick Huff. And uh, just by way of introduction, uh, we're not a golf podcast, okay? We're a couple of putzes, is the truth, okay? We're kind of a couple of idiots, all right? And <laughs> go ahead. I don't know if you want to comment on that, Nick, just to get us started here. I mean, that's the best way and only way to put it, really. And I'm going to tell you that what it sets us up nicely for, Nick, and I was saying this to my wife last night, clock is right twice a day, all right? So even a couple of putzes might have some good takes now and again. But what's much more likely is we're going to say something stupid, and that's what you should come to expect because of the name of the podcast. So just we are advertising what we are, which is not golf, but two morons, basically. But welcome to our sports podcast. Uh, Like I said, my name's Jake. It's, you know, I've done a couple of podcasts, but this one I'm excited about, Nick, and I want to I open up our conversation today, our dialogue, dialectic, about who should talk about sports. Because I feel like this is like a growing thing right now. Like when you hear someone say something, like a media member criticize a player or a coach, the defense becomes like, well, what do you know? Like, well, what did you play? Where did you play? Like, you know, like kind of like as if you're not supposed to be commenting unless you have the credentials. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I do hear you. And, I and get here's, that. Here's my thing. So ready for this? So my dad was was a hockey player, and he was going professional the whole thing. And then this was back without helmets. Was down, you know, going for the puck. Got a face full of where the board meets the edge. Lost all of his teeth. Whole thing. It was a terrible accident. So when my parents had me, they said no sports, no sports whatsoever. And that didn't change until I got to high school, Nick. So you've seen me ball. Because things have changed a lot since then. There's a lot of potential there. Who knows where I could have gone, Nick? Okay? Had I had the upbringing that some of these other players have had. Yes, I'm talking about the Premier League. If we're just going to be honest about it, okay? So my point is, is this. I'm late to the game. I don't have the same sports history knowledge of other people. I didn't even get to start until high school. But I think I should still be able to comment on something I love, Nick. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I see both ends of the spectrum. I get where some pro players are saying, like, dude, like, I listen to a lot of podcasts with ex-professional athletes or current professional athletes, and, dude, they're in the gym four days, five days a week, five times a day. So 20 times a week they're in the gym, and, like, I don't have the dedication for that. I mean, I'm an I'm a overweight <laughs> teacher, bro. Like, those who can't do teach, and here I am. You know what I mean? But I also see, like, where the ones bring in the revenue. Right. Yeah, I think we sh- any, anyone should have a right to comment because without us, dude, they're not getting paid millions and millions of dollars um, and able to create generational wealth for their family by playing a kid's game. So I see both ends, like, yeah, you don't, like, the professional athletes, you don't, you're, you're right, I don't get it, dude. But you know what? You don't get me, and I put you on a national spotlight as a millionaire. So, yeah. But the money that these dudes are making, anyone should really be able to comment on that, in my opinion. 
Well, and I think that's where like some of the folks that I've heard talk about things like this is exactly that. That's why the money's there. Like I get to talk, say what I say and go home to my poopy place with my $10 in my bank account and eat ramen noodles while I watch you. And you get to go to your mansion and get to do all the things that you do. So you get what you need. You know what I'm saying? As the athletes. I'm so picking up what you're putting down because I care a lot, you know? I'm also going to say this, dude, and we kind of talked on this before, before, like, when we're just kind of shooting the shit, like, we still should have empathy for these people. Like, I'm not going to disdain them for their money, like, just because something bad at, well, they have money, whatever. Like, dude, that still sucks. But I should be able to talk about your game. And, yeah, I know if I came into your house and played one-on-one with you, you beat me 11 to nothing. But I don't get paid millions of dollars to do it. You do. So... If, I, if you're shooting 0 for 15 or you turn the ball over or you're Steven Gerrard and you slip, like, dog, I'm talking shit. Right. I'm sorry. Because I'm the reason you can do this for a living. And so that's our credentials in case anyone was worried about that before you jump into your, your time with your putzes here. So the way we're going to do this show is we're going to start with our business, okay? And so I'm going to start with my business today. And it really came off the heels of a couple of things. The first thing is the season that the Patriots are having and the the Patriots experience post Tom Brady. Okay. And we all know a couple of things. First of all, that since Tom Brady has left, there have been serious uh, reasons to question Bill Belichick's impact in terms of the Patriots success between Brady. I also would bring up the multiple cheating scandals, uh, you know, Ernie Adams in the back rooms with the tapes, all those different things. So that's an example of just, again, a coach that we would say during the middle of it is 98%. I mean, not really, but definitely a massive part of their success, which I'm not saying he's not, but this is the conversation I want to have. But the other is Pep, Pep Guardiola. And I want to speak specifically about his time at Manchester City. And when we look at Manchester City, it really came to light with Everton recently because they were handed a 10-point deduction because of financial fair play rules. And people were basically coming out and saying, yeah, well, Man City's got enough financial fair play violations to be sent all the way down to the National League, which would be such a point deduction that, you know, it's, it's hyperbole. They go down five leagues. That's ridiculous. But the point is, is that you know, when we look at the success of both those teams, because I think the Patriots and Man City have a, 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 a parallel dominance, if you will. They're, they're case studies that we can both look at. It really calls in this question, my essential question, which is how much credit can we give coaches even in the most coach-heavy situations? And really, this is, this is sort of for the players here. Because I think oftentimes in leagues, when we look at it historically, player rights uh, player credit, we can bring in race, we can bring in different aspects to player credit. Let's just keep it, you know, pretty shallow for now. But in general, players don't get the credit that a, a coach who get, has a long-term career has, right? Like when we think of the Patriots and their Super Bowls and all these different things, we're not thinking necessarily about the players. We're thinking about the Belichick-run Patriots. But so that's, to, to open it up, Nick, like, if you were going to put a percentage on it, I want you to think about a game that is like the only reason a team won was because of having an amazing plan that they stuck to as the players. The coach was the only one who could come up with it. Even in situations like that, 
can we give the coach more than 50% credit when they never even stepped on the court field or whatever? I, I have, dude, I don't even know if I can go up to 50. Uh, the only coach that I sit and see that in um, where I'm like, yo, he's the truth is Eric Spolstra of the Heat. Like Interesting. The Miami Heat, the A-seed, whatever. I also want to just jump on Pep real quick. Even Pep's time in at Barcelona and at Bayern Munich, like his teams were super teams. Dude, he had Messi. He had Ronaldinho. Like he had all of these beasts. Yeah, dude, I probably could coach Messi to be in and win games. That's a different thing. The Eric Spolstra is the prime example because I can't even name this Jaime Jaquez Jr. kid on the Heat is going off. Like he's he's third on the rookie of the year in my ballot behind my order actually goes Chet, Wemby, um, Jaime. That's a different story. But generally speaking, I can only do 30%. And here's here's my example. Let's put the best coach of all time, and a lot of people's eyes is Bill Belichick in football, and we get we put him on the Alabama team, all right? The best Alabama team that's ever been assembled, okay? But in their college form. So there's the Julio Joneses, there's the Calvin Ridleys, there's the Trent Richardsons at his peak, Mark Ingram. Yeah, Trent Richardson. That's our credentials right well there, bro. Well done. Come on now. Well placed. He could have the best scheme in the world and have the best plan of attack for the opposing team. But if you put the Kansas City Chiefs out and line up, dude, I'm sorry, they're not beating the Chiefs. So, the pl- yeah, he can come up with a plan and execute a plan. And we saw it last night. When you have a coach, yeah, that shows. The Chargers looked horrendous. But when you have a good coach, they can only do so much. The players have to go out and execute. And let me just say the Chargers got beat 21-63. to 63. By Oakland last night on the yeah. heels of this, and podcast. I think that, so that's, yeah. that I think that's a different story. The players look like they gave up. No, uh, but but part of the but that goes yeah. to what you're saying because part of the reason they gave up is because they clearly don't believe in Staley. Yeah, so I also think coaches. There's a lot we don't see behind the scenes, like with coaches. But my biggest thing is development. I think some of the best coaches are able to develop, um, and I think that's where that that real 25 percent of the 30 percent comes in of the impact. I mean, like I said, they're outliers. There's Eric Spolstra. But, dude, I'm not counting him. Like, Bill Belichick, like Jake was saying, was at the top of the mountain, best coach ever. And now people are questioning, well, was he just carried by Tom Brady? Right. To me, that's that's enough to show that I can't give these coaches more than 30%, 35% of the credit. 30%, 35% of the credit. And that, that's like something that I it, – it's just an interesting we're, – we're not going to conclude this business or anything, but I think it's an interesting thing to think about because in our uh, – the way that things are talked about, the percentage seems much higher than that. It seems higher than 50% the way mm. coaches are talked about. And so I think that's why I thought it was an interesting thing to look at. And again, you're we can talk about it from a game-to-game basis. Obviously, we're crossing sports here. You know, but you're talking about development. Now you're talking about a year-to-year basis. You know, it's it's there's different ways to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love to hear you say thirty percent. To be honest, I was not expecting that. Um, so anyway, something to chew on from from one putts to another. All right. Now, <laughs> now, Nick, let me ask you a question. 
You got business? I know you. You're you're Nick's feeling a little bit of pressure to give the best business he ever got. Do you have something I've been on your overthinking mind? What you it. got? I've been overthinking it all week. Jake gave me a deadline. I thought I came up with one. I thought about it, but I'm gonna roll with it. I'm gonna roll with it. And you know what? If it if if it, we roll with it. Um, we roll with it. My business, dude, is on top of the kind of a piggyback on the who should be able to talk about sports, dude. I'm sick and tired. Sick and tired of going on Twitter or Instagram and seeing the comments and being like, yeah, dude, but I could smoke that dude one-on-one. Or, oh, yeah, like, I could get a yard in the NFL. Oh, yeah, like, if you gave me 30 minutes in the NBA, yeah, I'd put up 10 points. No the hell you will not, bro. Dude, these dudes are six foot seven athletic freaks. Dude, in the NFL, there's a six foot eight tackle who can run a 4.740. He can run a 40 yards in 4.7 seconds. Dude, I'm 260 pounds. I can run a 40-yard dash, mind you, a little inebriated, but at 5.5 seconds. And I thought I was flying. These dudes are the strongest, most freak athletes in the world. And everyone, like, and my example is Brian Scalabrini. And if I, I want everyone to go watch the video. It's an hour long. So if you don't have time, you don't have time. But it's Brian Scalabrini, who, if you don't know, was a joke in the NBA for years. Like, oh, yeah, dude, Scal. They called him the Red Mamba because he was so bad. Made fun of him, his nickname, like Kobe. And he put out what's called the Scalinch. Dude, high school basketball players were showing up. Jake, college basketball were playing up. Dude, Scal beat these dudes 11 to nothing every time. And he said, his quote at the end was, I'm closer to LeBron than you are to me. And that rang true. But these dudes need to stop being like, oh, I could beat this dude. No, you can't. No, you can't. That's why you're a construction worker, bro. Like, because you're not an athletic freak. What's your take on it, Jake? Well, I, I think you said something earlier, which I thought was really poignant, which is just the amount of work that's put in behind the scenes, right? Like you said, it's not going to the gym every day. It's going to the gym five times a day when you think about the meals when you and that's the thing where I give the players so much credit is like and Tom Brady really in a large way really I probably didn't start this trend but really promoted it but like those crazy diets I mean I would not like dude I was talking to some kids about Popeye's chicken sandwiches today and you better believe I'm going to get one Especially like like professional <laughs> athletes don't get to make that choice no but I'm serious there's a lot of sacrifice that goes into it and so uh, you know, and this is a larger conversation about social media, but the disrespect, like, I get it. Like, trust me, there's so many times where you watch and in your head, you're like, dude, I could have done that. I could have gotten that yard. I could have gotten that. But I think it's a great point that, like, people who are seriously going on and commenting that stuff and actually believing it, you know, they're the ones that I don't know if this fits. I'm 33. You're 26. You're a little bit more with it. They think they're the main characters in the story. You know oh, what I mean? Facts, they, they, facts. That's like kind of what they think. Like, that's kind of like that thinking. And that's the thing that I, I do feel for players because I do think – and I'm going to get on to the players later because we're going to talk about the in-season tournament. And I'm, like, very disappointed with the younger generation of players and the fact that no one wanted that except for LeBron. And almost that LeBron looks like an old, ge- like, weird geezer, like, who doesn't get it by wanting it so bad. And I got major beef with that. But I do feel for the players in that when they are criticized and made to be like, dude, I could do that. It's like, dude, chill out. No, you can't. I agree with you. Like – chill on that and i think scal is a gave us a great case study 
I'm a social scientist by, by practice, so I'm always going to do our sociology and anthropology. I think we have a great case study that exists with the scallenge of here's a guy that probably a lot of people would say, like, dude, I, I come on, come on. I could get a couple on him. No, you can't. And that's because of the work, even if, and this goes into like body type and stuff, right? Where it's like, well, he doesn't look like a professional player. Yeah, but he works like one. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Uh, dude, Jokic dominates the league. Great Fat. example. Great example. He looks like me, bro. But he's seven feet and could pass the ball like Magic Johnson. But, dude, even LeBron in, in the sacrifice that you were talking about, even LeBron, million dollars a year into his body. A million dollars a year into his body. Bro, if I got LeBron's paycheck, dude, I don't even know what I'm blowing it on. Right, right. And, and, right. and, and, and you know, uh, how many books have I written in my head that then I go to sit down? I'm like, oh, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to go. Gotta go play video. Gotta go play FIFA instead. I gotta work on my FIFA. I don't want to miss the chance to unlock the Diego Jota special, which expires in three days. That's really important. Then this thing that. The moment I feel a little bit of resistance in my brain to work hard, I don't want to do anymore. You yeah, know but what even, I'm dude, like, even in that, like, the, I mean, if we're going to get deep, let's get deep. Like, New Year's resolutions, bro. Everyone wants to lose Great weight point. and go to the gym. Great dude, point. they do it for three weeks and they're done. These NBA players are doing it from college to LeBron's been doing it for 21 years. All right. We're going to move on from our business now, and we're going to actually jump around on, on, the, on the printed agenda. That's right. Your putzes came with a, yeah, with a printed Belichick agenda. Yeah, right? with Belichick spelled wrong. Oh, it's, there's, there's, <laughs> if that was the only thing spelled wrong, I'd feel really good. Thank it's God you didn't put Guardiola. Correct. Hey, listen, we're teachers. We give certain measures and tests, and it just says, is it phonetically readable? This is phonetically readable, all right? So just chill out on all that, all right? Okay, here we go. The in-season tournament, first of all, I'm a Premier League fan. You're a Premier League fan. Me more, a little bit more than you. I thought that this was a great move by Adam Silver. So I did. A, I did too. I, I don't think that the timing was great, though. I want to say that mm-hmm. it ended way too quick. Yes. So that's something that I really do feel like one of the things that's so great about the soccer ones, for example, the FA Cup and the Carabao Cup, neither of those are done yet. And they started before the in-season tournament, and they won't even be done for another, like, month, two months. So, I feel like I love the in-season tournament. Next year, I'd, I'd like it to go past Christmas at least. Maybe Christmas uh, Day is the final. I go agree. I, w- I was surprised when uh, when I saw that it was last weekend or two weekends ago. I don't even remember. I was like, it's done already? Yeah. Yeah. So love the idea of the NCAA tournament. Definitely some stuff to work out. Love the group play. I love the point differential. I know mm-hmm. there was some debate about that. I mean, you got to make these blowouts that don't matter matter and that achieve that. And so I know some of the play, like, I don't want to get into the Celtics Bulls and Hacka Drummond and all the drama that was going on with that. I don't, I don't want to get into that. What I want to get into, and Draymond Green's part of this too, aside from the NCAA tournament. We got LeBron. We got uh, Draymond Green. Give me another player that's like reminds us of our youth. I mean, Steph Curry. I mean, he's older, Durant. but he d- Durant probably is the closest. No, but Durant's always been soft as baby poo. He's from our, you know. But Durant is is nowadays, but from our youth. I'm talking about that. Remind you of Rasheed Wallace daggers of Kevin Garnett. Oh. Remember when the guy who had his arm up against Kevin Garnett? He's smashing his arm away. I'm saying, who other players are like that? No, nah, I'm Russell Westbrook. 
come on. He's a he's a ding dong. He's a ding a ling, bro. Come era, on. A, it's AAU era, bro. Russell we'll Westbrook about- is so soft that two people are gonna listen to our first podcast and we're gonna hear from him. From two putzes, are just gonna hear from him, like because he's getting that. No, no, Russell Westbrook, stop. That dude, that dude sucks. No, no. Who's an enforcer? Is what you're talking about? Not Nobody. Enforcer. Who reminds you of the old? Like this uh, like is my 2005. Point. Yeah, Who sure. Who reminds me of? Nobody, dude. Right. So Draymond Green and LeBron. So this is the thing. And obviously Draymond, as we record this, has just been suspended indefinitely for really losing his mind. But. And, and I'm oscillating between two two things. So I'm going to stick with the in-season tournament. So put Draymond to the side. I'm really disappointed. And, and listen, I'm a Celtics guy. I'm not a this Celtics guy. This team has freaking lost me, bro. I bought the Jalen Brown jersey. Now, listen, I bought it from the Chinese website where it only cost 15 bucks. But I bought the jersey when they were the year that they went and lost to Golden State. And it's like ever since I bought that jersey, I'm like, man, you guys are not fun to watch. Like, it's it's one thing if you lose. Like, the Bruins lose. But they're entertaining to watch, even though I, like, can feel they're going to lose. The Celtics aren't even fun to watch. Like, Jason Tatum, oh, I just... I, I can't stand him. He's so annoying. I'm so frustrated that LeBron said, like, this is mine, and no one wanted to take it except for Halliburton and the Pacers? Yo, don't disrespect Halley. Listen... I I'm a I'm a fan, but you went through the Bucks, and did you see Giannis chasing down this game ball the other night? Yo, for 32 free throw attempts, yeah, for the 64 points. How could Dude, you not? Relax. Dude, did you see the clip of him running like the Naruto run that everyone <laughs> used to do? Like, <laughs> Yo. no, no. Listen, okay, you're gonna fight the entire Indiana Pacers for a 63 point game ball. But you won't fight for the in-season tournament? 500K? It's not even about the money. It's a trophy. You should you should want to have won the first. Like, if you don't want to win the third one three years from now, whatever, that's fine. I, I, I can understand that. Like, if it loses its luster. But the first one, you're going to, like, basically let LeBron get a free walk. How about Zion Williamson, who's freaking, I mean, sitting in the back eating chicken wings right now behind me as we record He'll eat the whole right table, now. bro. He'll eat the He's whole table. He's at the snack bar right now. Like... None of these teams looked at it and said, you know what? Screw LeBron. Like, no. I'm not letting LeBron show us all up. They just rolled over and let that happen. I'm disappointed in the 31 other teams for not making sure that LeBron didn't win this. And listen, I give him so much credit, but this is what I'm saying. You make me like LeBron? Stop that right now. All of you are like, no, no, no. I'm not okay with that. I'm personally offended by the NBA right now. Well, I will say um, the in-season tournament ratings were killer. We did get some playoff vibe moments. Uh, The Pacers versus the Celtics. That was pretty cool. I don't know if you watched that game, but that was very playoff. The Celtics wanted it. The Pacers took it. They went and grabbed it. I think... I mean, let's. Where was the in-season tournament, Jake? Uh, it was in they, Vegas, well, right? Right. The doing. Who's? Let's let's look at the teams that were there. Zion Williamson, we all know, is a little freaky. Look at watch his interviews, people. Little freaky. All right. Oh, remember the Twitter stuff with the girl who came out? Oh yeah, that was. Oh that was yeah, good dude. Dude's right a dog. Yeah. Dude's a dog. Who who? You know what I mean? Who who? But 
the Pacers are young. Um, I they I think they wanted it. I think that 500k meant a little more to them than the Bucks and uh, the Pelicans because like the Pacers are the Pacers, dude. Halliburton was a nobody until this tournament, unless you were a real basketball nerd. Um, I will say ratings killed it. Um, I have no sources. I just want that on the record as a teacher, but. I do imagine that a Netflix or a Hulu will buy the rights to this in- these in-season tournament games, which I think will increase the pool. But I also will say, dude, LeBron wanted it. That was 2018 LeBron. He was the best player on the floor until the finals where AD put up 40 and 20. And LeBron won finals MVP. Like, the the dude wanted it. He He turned the clock back. But I do agree with you, Jake. The Pelicans in particular, I think the Pacers were a, a different beast. If you look at the defensive scheme, they, they slowed the Pacers down. The Pacers have a bad half court Yeah, offense. I mean, they I, shut down Halliburton, and yeah. the Pacers don't, didn't have anything else. Exactly. And they, they shut down the pace. And I don't want to get into, like, the nerdy, the too nerdy stuff of it, but the Pelicans in particular, dude, and the Bucks, Like, dude, the Pelicans lied over, like, dogs and not the good kind of dog. Wasn't it like eighty to one twenty or something? Yeah, stupid dude, like they that. lost by yeah. forty. Wait, yeah, dude, you're gonna, you're right. You're gonna let a third, a thirty-eight year old LeBron James, who's played three seasons of postseason basketball, who's got forty-five year old legs, who because he spends a million dollars on his body, folks, is gonna be better than you, Zion, who's gonna eat the whole table at the restaurant. And I'm not hating because I'm eating the whole table too. Chefs love me, Zion. Let's go to an all-you-can-eat buffet. We'll chop it up. But I'm telling you, dude, you needed to want it. But I will say, also, in the Suns-Lakers game, it was one timeout away from the Lakers losing the game. So, I mean, there's some back and forth. I'm interested to see what it looks like next year, how how much it's wanted, especially if um, a company buys it. Yeah, that, that's the, interesting that the prize pool could get higher. And then yeah, it becomes I'm low. interested to but, see but that. That's, but that's exactly my complaint is, like, you should just want to win. Yeah, dude, I get that. Like, Kobe and MJ would be out there like, Like, this is, this is this the is thing is I'm saying is, like, going to everything that we said before is it's, like, you have more money than God. Like, all the things that we said at the beginning, like, in terms of, like, I know you still have emotions and stuff, but, like, you lose me when I – I remember I'm an empath. We should we should let the audience know now. Huge 90, empath. 94% of 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 communication is nonverbal. People like me get that we get that we get we get a 105% feedback from people. We get that extra 5%. All right? And when I watch these games and I feel like they don't want to win, it's like, well, then what's why am I watching? Yeah. It almost was like a foredrawn conclusion that the Lakers were going to win. And, and, um, and that we'll leave it there. But I would just say for the NBA and for teams in general, like, if I turn you on, because especially nowadays, like, there's so much out there. And we're not going to talk about hockey tonight, but, like, hockey season, it's been it's good, it's good stuff. Like, I would much rather watch an NHL game than an NBA game right now. I'm going to be honest. And part of it is the touch fouls and, and different stuff that we can get into in later pods. But, like, I got to be honest. For me right now, in the last calendar year, NBA is the bottom of my list of top four sports. Just in terms of my consumption and enjoyment. Not based on, like, what I want necessarily, but what I end up doing 
and the decisions I make. Yeah, and I I think they're I think that you like you said it's deeper than that. I think like just to touch on it real quick, like in the '90s, people hated each other. Everyone's boys now. Everyone chops it up at the end of the game. Like, I yeah, I'll leave it there. That's all I'm gonna say. I love it. I love it. So we're gonna get to the games of the week. Uh, we're gonna start with football, and then I'll talk a little Premier League. We'll kind of go from there. Um, you got two games that you want to talk about with football. You're a football yeah, guy, dude, so I, hit I, us. I don't want to ever. I'm sure everyone's going to be talking about the Bills and the Cowboys, and I think that'll be a great game. The Bills are fighting for their life. The Cowboys are just look like with the Niners, the hottest team in the NFL. But I want to talk about the first game that I really want to talk about is the Patriots and the Chiefs. Man, they there's a lot of stories there. I mean, obviously the Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift story. He plays well when Taylor's there. All of that. I don't really care. I'm a Swifty myself, but I don't really care. I, I'm a, also a football guy. But I all, I really want to look at the Chiefs in the fact that, dude, they haven't looked like the Chiefs. Like Mahomes has 11 interceptions, which you think about it, that ain't a lot. But that's a lot for Patrick Mahomes. And, I mean, they lead the league in drops. And on touching on the, uh, the 30% of coaches, Belichick can scheme. He can scheme, and he can take away your best player. And who's the best player on the Chiefs other than Pat Mahomes? Travis Kelsey. So I, I, I'm interested to see on how the Patriots play the, the Chiefs and how the Chiefs respond because I think Rasheed Rice is going to have to really step up. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is going to have to step up, and Kadarius Toney is going to have to catch the ball. And like I said, I probably couldn't catch it, but you get paid millions to do it, big dog. Take out the nose ring. Uh, the Patriots... <laughs> Are interesting because again, touching on Belichick, he is the Patriots right now, and he room reports are stirring. Not from my reports, from Twitter or X, as the kids like to call it, um, that he's not going to be here at the end of the year. But things can change, is what was said, and I think beating the Chiefs would be huge. But it's also interesting because I think Belichick wants to win, but the Patriots want to lose yeah like so i think there's a lot to go on if i was betting which i'm not betting jake's the uh the uh i'm the the, uh, the pod the the degenerate of the pod well we only put five dollars uh it ain't too bad and we hit big once once every three months so just wait for home run season everyone just wait for home run season and and we're we're huge on shots on goal but i think the patriots are gonna are gonna cover the spread the Chiefs are expected to win by more than a touchdown and I think the Patriots are going to show up it, it's interesting because in the last two weeks the Chiefs have been down in the fourth quarter and I'm a big like live guy especially like if you can like catch someone at odds like especially like and now we're talking about gambling but like some of the most successful days I've had are not when you like plan beforehand it's when you kind of pay attention during a slate you're mm-hmm. like oh man like Man City just got scored on in the first 10 minutes, and now their odds are all of a sudden, like, at 50-50 or plus money, and they have 75 minutes to come back. That's a good spot there. And the Chiefs have let me down now the last two weeks against the Bills, and then the week before that, I forget who they were playing. So, you know. The Eagles. The Eagles, thank you. And I'm not a, a huge X's and O's guy, but I think you bring up a really important conversation, which is that, and this relates to the chargers from last night which is <laughs> you're probably right bill probably does want to win the patriots should want to lose 
because in terms of their rebuild, which they need desperately, um, they need that higher draft pick. I wonder, <laughs> and this is, you know, I've heard this elsewhere that, you know, doesn't Bill get to have the out, you know, because you're saying he wants to win. But if he loses and if he kind of, you know, sets him up for losses in whatever way that he does, he's able to go and say, well, look, that's that was from the owner. That wasn't me. OK, that wasn't, you know, I, I, I'm a team player, if anything. If we need to, you know, whatever to put ourselves in a better draft position, I can finagle that. So I'm curious to see what we get. I'll tell you, the person who's going to want to win and thinks he's, you know, puffing his chest out a little bit, trying to think of an appropriate thing to say, Bailey Zappi is going <laughs> to be going. That dude thinks he is, you know, the son of God right now. All right, so we'll see with that one. It's interesting. I, you know, <laughs> I have to think that the Chiefs are going to, I don't think they're going to do what Oakland did to the Chargers last night. I, I hear you on the Patriots covering the spread, and that's probably what it's going to be. But this is a tough one for me because I do think it's a spot where the Chiefs are going to be like, we have had some rough times, and we need to just take it out on a pillow. And the Patriots are going to be that pillow. You ever want, seen the Robert De Niro movie with Billy Crystal where they're like, here, punch a pillow. And he takes out his pistol and just shoots the pillow a bunch. He's like an <laughs> yes, Italian. Yes, I, yes. I kind of think it might be like that. All right. But that's what a putz would say about it. Tell me about the Eagles and Seahawks, your other game. So, yeah, dude, that's an interesting one. And they haven't played in a while. They haven't played since 2020. But, dude, the Seahawks historically in the last, the last five matches have beat down on the Eagles and I and I the Eagles are on a on a uh, slide right now I mean I don't know if you saw the Twitter clip there was a team meeting and they were worried about Hertz's ball security so they were practicing getting down when getting touched mm-hmm. like so that was part of their practice Seahawks are getting uh uh Geno Smith back which is huge right and I mean, even Drew Locke looked pretty good against the Niners, and they're feeling themselves, dude. The Seahawks played well against the Niners. They're at home. They they historically have owned the Eagles in the last five matchups. Dude, I really like the Seahawks to pull through, and I really like the Geno Smith to hit the over on yards. Dude, me and you, even speaking of this, I'm going to make a joke that I hate. Me and you could throw for 200 yards against that <laughs> secondary, bro. Dairy, I mean, big play. I definitely couldn't, but you probably could. I got big play. I got a noodle. Big play slay is no play slay this year, bro. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it's an interesting game. I, there's, I don't think there's too much to touch on, minus the fact that the Eagles are kind of in a slide and they were exposed by the, uh, by the Niners. And the Cowboys just, oh, the Cowboys embarrassed them on primetime. And the Seahawks are feeling themselves, dude. Like, I'm a huge momentum guy. So if you're feeling yourself and you're confident, and the Eagles aren't confident, they can pretend like they are, but, dude, the way you've been playing, mm, I wouldn't be confident. I I mean, I don't know if this is just me, but I kind of feel like the Seahawks could be, like, just America's second team. Like, they're fun. I love their jerseys. Like, and I know, and I don't mean to be, you know, but, you know, I— if you're not from Seattle, they're obviously probably not your first team. I, I like, I've liked them. I've liked Geno Smith's resurgence since last year. Um, happened to have him on my fantasy team too. 
And I say happen to have them because for the like fourth year in a row, I missed my drafted auto drafted. Um, and he's played well for me this season. So, I mean, I, I mean, that's going to be a fun one to watch. But, you know, again, for me, I, I'm a spot guy. I'm an empath. And I just have to think that the Eagles are going to say, I don't like. And, you know, you, you look at the San Francisco Giants thing with DK Metcalf, right? Like the whole idea that they went to the game and said, someone go piss him off and get him kicked out of the game. And they achieve that. And so you look at that and you say, you know. How much could how much does Pete Carroll have that team well put together when one of your best players not only gets ejected, but like the other team knew they could get him ejected? Like that that's that, uh, you could make the same argument for Draymond Green there then with Steve Kerr. Like, and I think Steve Kerr, I know you don't like him. We can get into that in a different segment. He is kind of a little uh soft with the DJ, but whatever. That's a different story. But Pete, Steve Kerr is a very well-respected coach, and I think Pete Carroll's the same. I, but I'm, I like your take on that because you're right. If they know they can go into this place and just say, "Yo, I'm gonna get this dude angry and get this dude gone," yeah, how well do you have your team under control? And who are your leaders? Because DK shouldn't be doing that. I love DK. He, I, I'm a, I'm a massive fan. Ever since he came to the league, I mean, he's just, he's just one of those guys for me that you're just like, dude. You're freaking cool, dude. Like, I, I, so I'm a big fan. He's a and, specimen. Well, right. But so to see, and I'm not a college guy, so I don't care Neither about anyone until they enter the league. But so, like, to to see that it could go like that, you know, troubles me. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk about the Premier League a little bit. Um, if you care, it's quite a battle up there at the top. So I have the table open right now, Nick. And we got Liverpool. Sitting on top. Now, if you saw the way they started the season, that's a pretty shocking thing to see. They're sitting with 37 points. A point below them, Arsenal with 36. Third place is Aston Villa. And I want to talk about Villa because they're one of those teams that really should be fighting for the top six. Okay? When we talk about the European spots, we're talking about the first six spots. Okay? And obviously, the Champions League in top four is what you know, becomes the big piece of cake. But for a team like Aston Villa, last year, actually, they, or the year before, they had gotten to the top six, kind of had a, a so-so run in the Europa League. I love to see them third right now. I love to think that they could be competing for top six. I don't know about top four. I mean, they're sitting third right now. Behind Aston Villa at 33 points. So, again, it's 37, 36, 35, Liverpool, Arsenal, Aston Villa. Then we have Man City at 33. They have had a rough month, dude. They've had a rough month. Now, you got to think they're going to make a run. Tottenham Hotspur is in at 30. So, there's seven points between Liverpool and five Tottenham. Luckily, they finally got their form back. They had a little bit of dip. Manchester United, who's having a dreadful season, is sitting, sitting sixth. Okay, and then Newcastle, who's falling apart, is seventh, and and so on and so forth. I'm. Can we really... just take a look real quick though at my boys, the Cherries, dude? Bournemouth, Bournemouth is sitting fourteenth, and they're comfortably in the league. They're fine. You know, they're they're not facing any sort of relegation. They have nineteen points. Uh, Luton Town, which is the first relegation spot, is at nine points. That ten point buffer should sustain them through the season. I think they're going to be totally fine. Chelsea's sitting 12th. 
Oh my gosh, I could dance the horror right now. I'm so happy to see I can't stand Chelsea. All right? Hate to see Arsenal sitting two, but with Chelsea sitting 12th, it you know, Tottenham fans can sleep easy. But I'm gonna tell you, Nick, we got quite a slate this weekend, okay? On Saturday, we have um really kind of maybe so-so, you might think. But I'm going to tell you, at 10 a.m., we have Fulham taking on Newcastle United. Fulham has won their last two games by eight goals combined. I think eight or nine goals combined. They have been scoring goals at a a, a high clip, okay? So I think that's going to be a very big game there. And then we got Burnley-Everton, which might not excite you, but with Everton sitting with 13 points just outside of the relegation zone and Burnley sitting with eight points just inside the relegation zone, that's actually a pretty great contest. And for those of you who are in Connecticut, which is where we are, one of Burnley's best players is from Norwalk. And actually, a guy that we work with coached him when he was young. Aliosho, I think his last name is. So that's going to be a good game. Now, Sunday, we got Brighton taking on Arsenal at 9 a.m. That's going to be a good one. Villa taking on Brentford. So again, that 9 a.m. is great. And then, and I think this is actually going to be a good game, even though Manchester United's been up and down. We got United versus Liverpool to end the weekend slate at 11.30 a.m. We got some great matchups in the Premier League this weekend. I'm not going to give you betting tips or anything. I'm just not really into that. I'm just more into the Premier League. We had a little bit of like, you know, international breaks, different things. It's clicking right now, dude. So I think it's going to be a great weekend. So for anyone out there, if you have some time, put on some Premier League. It's good getting. And you know what? We have a competitive league right now. City's not ahead by seven points and looking like they're, you know, leaving everyone behind. Arsenal isn't ahead looking at everyone behind. Sure, Liverpool's in first, but this Liverpool team is scrappy. This isn't the Liverpool that you you think you know from a couple years ago. So we got some good stuff going on. So... Now we're at the point of the show where I asked Nick, you had anything else? You got any other, any other thoughts for the people out there? Yeah, I got one thing to get off my chest. And it involves fantasy football. Oh, first and week of playoffs mate, this week. I'm in the playoffs. It's the first weekend. Of, I'm against my brother. I call him Chubbs. And he had Josh Jacobs, so I was slimy. I was like, I'm going to draft the backup that's going to start. Well, I'm like, I'm not going to play this, dude. I got Eckler, all right? And I got Jameer Gibbs. Well, let me tell you, Austin Eckler, and I'm not talking to anybody else but you. I hate you. You talk, oh, yeah, bro, I hook it up for the fantasy. You got a podcast talking about, oh, yeah, dude, I got myself on my fantasy team. 4.95 points in a quarter PPR league? Are you kidding me? And I get it. You were down 42 at half. Dude, give me a garbage time, TD. You've been trash all year since the high ankle sprain. And I don't know what it's like to run on a high ankle sprain, but you are a freak athlete who can squat 405. That is my beef of the day. Thank God. Thank God, and I don't wish injury upon anyone. Tyreek Hill might not play. Thank goodness, because my brother has him, and I have Jalen Waddle. So, but they're going against the Jets. So, dude, karma bit me in my booty. This week, I'm because sorry. I picked this guy up, and we were at bowling when it happened, and I woke, I was like, I'm not gonna watch the game. I'll wake up, and I'm like, maybe he'll have eight points, four point nine five. He was That's... outscored by Amir Abdullah. You don't even know who that is. 
I I definitely don't. No, that's true. That's true. Yeah. But that's no, my any thoughts. And I, be... I Oh, no, no, go, you go. go, go. No, 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 go, go. Oh, all right. No, I'm just saying, dude, I'm glad we started this today, dude. Um I think it's going to be a good vibe. Uh I've enjoyed it so far and yeah, you the, for the three listeners that we start with, just know you'll be the first three of a million, bro. Dude, so Exactly. Exactly. We'll do a I'll tell you what, if we were doing a giveaway, you'd have a real nice chance. So, so hang tight, <laughs> yeah, hang tight o- for the first giveaway. Right? Yeah, the only issue is they get a five dollar gift card for the giveaway because <laughs> that's what we can afford. I hope you like Dunkin' Donuts. All right, all right, all right. Well, we appreciate you all. Everyone, have a good week. Good luck in fantasy playoffs, Nick. Especially you, man. I'm I'm worried about you. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye bye. Peace. <laughs>